there's no better communication method to connect with your staff as a manager, to show the person that their manager is, and to build connection between staff members as well through either training, interviews, or you know, just general communications. Hello, welcome to Why Podcasting is Perfect for Leaders, the latest season of podcasts from Talking Leaders. At Talking Leaders, our business is about helping leaders use audio podcasting to get heard, be understood and to build trust. So we're obviously biased towards the power of the medium. But we're not alone in our enthusiasm for this, as yet in my opinion somewhat underused leadership tool. So in this season, we thought it would be great to hear and share the thoughts of other podcast and audio professionals, as well as users, on the potential advantages and benefits of podcasting for leaders. For the season opener, I was delighted to get the views of Colin Gray of The Podcast Host, a really outstanding resource for anyone wanting to get into podcasting. Here's our conversation. Welcome, Colin. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me on. No problem. Now, we met at the podcast show in London, which seems like an age away now, I must admit. It's uh, it's the first time I'd ever been there, but uh, had you been before or or was that your first time? Yeah, I went a year before as well. Yeah, the first year. Uh, Certainly, uh, it was the same place. It felt like it was a bit busier, grown a little bit for sure. But yeah, it seems to be growing well. It's nice to have an event like that in our backyard, certainly, isn't it? And it was interesting that... um, that the big boys, so to speak, big boys and girls, uh, clearly take it very seriously because they were very much in evidence, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've obviously they've done their marketing and partnership efforts well because they had yeah what they have Amazon, YouTube, Spotify, Acast. They had all the big names, yeah, um, with huge yeah. stands. So yeah, it's quite cool yeah. to see. Yeah, for it sure. was. Although I, I have to say, uh, you were one of the few people there that actually was interested in the kind of podcasting that that I want to talk about today, which is more the sort of private in-house type podcasting that was very much focused on the public facing stuff that most people know. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. But there wasn't that much on the indie stuff. So, and that's why I, I zoned in on you because you gave a presentation, of course, and you, and you gave some fabulous data on, on, you know, things, things about being a podcast. I mean, maybe you just pray quickly what it was you were talking about that day. Yeah, it was our, our independent podcaster manifesto, um, which came from uh, a census that we did about, God, that must be nine months ago by now, actually, or it was around Christmas time. Uh, and it was just, we surveyed, how many did we get? We got about 1,600 responses. So it's pretty much the biggest survey I've ever seen in the podcasting space, actually, certainly of independent podcasters. So just to find us people who um, are not part of a network. They don't necessarily outsource all their production. It's just people that make their own show, essentially, and mm. put it out themselves. Um, and yeah, it was just really interesting to see all the data, actually. So that was, yeah, I was presenting the uh, the outcomes from that. Pretty much. I, I thought it was I thought it was brilliant. I, 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 don't, I don't want to go through it all now. I mean, <laughs> maybe that'd be another another episode or something. But, um, <laughs> but I will, because you've posted the results on your website, yeah. haven't you? So yeah. Yeah. I will put a, a link in the, in the show notes. Oh, thank but you. Uh, just quickly... And, and I didn't warn you about this, so uh, um, I'm <laughs> catching you on the hop. What was well, pro- probably what was the most surprising thing you found out of that survey? Do you know? 
This is a good and a bad thing, but the most surprising thing is that there weren't that many surprises. It really confirmed a lot of our kind of gut feel about uh, how podcasters, you know, you know, experience podcasting, what works, what doesn't, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, the what, one surprising thing, I suppose, in a way, is that we've always known that you know the podcasting's a bit of a long game. You'll know this as well, Paul. Like it's mm. it's not a quick hit, is it? Like it's hard to make a podcast that just takes off within the first month, unless you've got a huge audience already. But yeah. podcasters appear to know that actually. Like well, that was one of the things. Like one of the questions we asked was, "What do you think's the biggest uh, factor in the success of any podcast?" And you get the impression often that people lean on gear like oh i'll spend more on a microphone i'll make my podcast better or mm. software in a similar sense or you know stuff like that but actually most podcasters appreciate it and we're aware of the fact that actually the biggest factor in success is getting out week in week out over months and months and months and um and actually just sticking to that cadence of course you can take breaks from time to time but always come back to it reasonably regularly so that was a nice thing to see in there mm. Um, and almost surprising because I did feel that a lot of podcasters don't tend to acknowledge that potentially. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree entirely with you. Um, I mean, I found it a hugely um, encouraging presentation. I, you, you really, really inspired yeah, me, you. which is why I came to seek you out <laughs> to talk afterwards. Uh, not least because I, I found myself thinking, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> each point you went through. And I didn't take part in the, 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 the census. I didn't know about you until... Until I saw you at the, at the podcast show, and I, just as you mentioned something there, uh, I was looking on your website the other day, um, and uh, you've got a fabulous, a huge amount of information there. Oh, thank you. Loads of resources, all free. I should say, do go and have a look if you're interested in in podcasting. There's some terrific stuff there. Um, you had one section I can't remember what it was under, but it was about how you measure the success of a podcast. Oh, it's just yeah, what you're sure. saying there about about being the long game, and you said something yeah. there which I think isn't that widely appreciated. It's something I have to to point out to clients uh, all the time because people assume that a successful podcast is is of the you know the, the rest is politics or Joe Rogan or, or all yeah. these kind of shows or my dad wrote a porno and all that kind of stuff. And the, the measure is is hundreds of thousands, if not millions, numbers. of numbers. Always numbers. Yeah, yeah. And and then also <laughs> particularly, it's something else that I've seen a lot of people talk about is first week spike, and that that's supposed to be some kind of measure of just how well known you are and how popular you are because people are expecting it and all that that kind of thing. And if you don't get uh, the big numbers or or the the impressive first week spike, then you know you're not really there. But you quote a stat. Which for independent podcasters, there can't be anything more encouraging. Well, you quote it back to me. Tell me how many downloads you need in order to be in the top fifty percent of podcasters. Yeah, it's a lot less than you expect, isn't it? It's only, it's, I think, latest was like seventy six or eighty. Well, I think it was thirty. Actually, was I it thirty? Was it right? Is okay, it, yeah. it yours? Yeah, I think if yeah. you go up to seventy six, you, you you're pushing you away. Oh, maybe, that's maybe aye, you're right. Yeah. That's the next one up, I think. Yeah, but yeah, Matthew yeah. updates that. You'll have met Matthew at the um, at the event as well. He's, right. uh, he updates that article on a regular basis, so he could have told you at the top of the head. Yeah, and <laughs> and another small, thing, an, yeah. another thing you say, which is which again, going back to the part, comment about the. Um, the slow build is uh, I think you cite one of your own podcasts about your monthly figures and mm -hmm. you know you're very conscious of the fact that what you're looking at is not as I was saying first 
first week or first month spike. Mm -hmm. Because when someone, and I know this from talking leaders big time, when someone discovers you, um, they binge. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll have a fairly fallow period, particularly (laughs) in between seasons, because the the Talking Leaders podcast comes out in in yearly seasons. Um, You know, it'll be very flat. And then suddenly it's like, you had 36 downloads over the weekend and you look and they're all individual episodes and it is somebody, uh, you know, downloading. Some of those can be two years old. Mm Mm-hmm. But because the the content's still relevant, it gets yeah. consumed. The stuff you create will be evergreen, I'm sure. And that's like that's one of the big powers of podcasting, isn't it? You create it, you put it out there, it's a resource for for the ages, as long as it's you know, so much of the evergreen so much of the content we put out is quite evergreen. Yeah. Some of the stuff like, you know, gear, equipment, microphones, maybe that kinda goes out of date maybe once every few years. But even that, that's like a few years worth for one episode it's amazing yeah it's yeah stuff. absolutely anyway i've i've done it all the wrong way around but that doesn't matter because <laughs> that's what you can do in podcasting no rules Indeed. um let's go back a bit tell us tell us a bit more about the podcast host who are you what do yeah sure i mean it's a site that came out of um i was working at university back in 2007 2008 and I was asked to look into this, uh, you know, this fancy new technology called podcasting by my, uh, my boss at the time. Uh, so I did. And I just fell right down the rabbit hole, really. Um, I got so interested. It was It's the combination of the, the technology. So the, the microphones, the mixers, the software, all of that stuff really appeals to my quite geeky side. But equally, the, the intimacy, the personality, the engagement that you get through listening to audio alone, you know, that it takes away that barrier of the screen and it just feels like it's one person talking to you. And it's so easy to create, you know, like you don't have to worry about lighting and hair and all this kind of stuff. I just, <laughs> I just loved the kind of the format of the medium. Uh, and so I was, I started teaching it. I taught at a university in Edinburgh for three, four years as, um, as a way to teach students. Because it's, it's so good for that kind of stuff. Like you can, because of the fact that you can listen to it, you know, uh, on the car, in the car, on the bus, like walking a dog, cooking your dinner, you can teach people because it's time where that would be otherwise wasted. Get Try and get them to sit down and watch a YouTube video for 20 minutes. Absolutely no chance. But you can get them to listen to a half hour episode on the bus as they're making their way to university. And it and it's the, the same for businesses too, isn't it? Like if you're a, a business out there trying to engage your audience, really hard to get like busy people in their working lives to listen to something that that improves them helps them even if it's something that's really good value to them but you know it's just a a whole combination of factors I thought made it brilliant so Mm -hmm. I started writing about it all my learnings everything from the gear to the software to presentation skills to growing an audience and really that's what grew into the site actually it was just over from 2011 up to about 2014, 15, three, four years, it grew from zero to about 200, 300,000 readers. Um, and kind of that's where it started, actually. That's when I left the uni and just turned it into a, a company, essentially. Because of that that obvious popularity. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that I was just kind of, that was all I was thinking about at the time as well. It was like, mm. it was kind of, I was... Um, 
I was still doing my work at the university, obviously, but I was just so interested in the podcast world and how that all worked and everything and, mm. and getting so much engagement from readers too. People were getting in touch and I was running PodCraft or podcast at that time too. Uh, people would get in touch all the time, just asking more questions. And I just, the engagement you got was just so exciting that I mm. thought, I need mm. to do this. I need to get out and actually just start. So the business now, the podcast yeah. host, I mean, what what's the sort of business model? What do you do? And, and what do you So offer? we have the podcast host as content really alone. We have 900-something blog posts nearly. It'll be a 1,000 sometime this year, I think, um, about how to run a show. That's all free. We earn a bit of revenue through that um, with uh, affiliate income. So we review loads of stuff, um, all fairly unbiasedly. But if anyone takes our recommendation, uh, we get a wee commission on it. Uh, mm. We do a bit of sponsorship, advertising, that kind of stuff too. And we sell courses and education as well. We've got mm. our academy in there where people um, pay to come and be part of the community and take our courses. Mm. Um, and really that's what kind of led to Alitu as well, which is the software platform because amongst the courses we were teaching amongst the community where we're running um it was always the biggest problem it was always editing <laughs> i mean how much do you love editing paul how much time do you spend on that <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> i have some to do i'm not looking forward to it that yeah yeah it's always the biggest pain point people hate the time they have to spend on it and so many people who are podcasters they're not audio engineers and they've got no interest in becoming one either mm -hmm. um, so like eq compression uh, learning uh, adobe audition all that kind of stuff it's of no interest to them really it's just a necessity so we decided in 2017, 18-ish to start trying to build a platform that would automate as much of that as we could and simplify the rest, you know, take out all of the fluff that podcasters don't need. And that's what became Alitu. It's a, an editing platform for podcasts that kind of grew into recording and, and hosting as well over the years. And now a show planning AI driven mm. uh, platform as well. I've, I uh, got the, the link the other day for that and uh, had a quick play. I have a cool. friend who's um, asked me, as pe people quite often do, um, if I would I would talk to them about setting up, uh, helping them set up a podcast. So I, I just threw in, just roughly threw in the um, some details, made oh, some brilliant. stuff up that we hadn't yeah. covered. Cool. Uh, I was very impressed. In fact, I must, I must give you because you you want feedback, don't you, Simon? There's oh a yeah, feedback let's see button. It. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll put that in. But I, I I was I was impressed. I mean, yeah, oh, excellent. Like yeah. all AI, you know, mm -hmm. like ChatGPT, I've I've used and 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 Bard and Pi and the others. Um, yeah. I mean, what you get is a first draft. It's it's obviously not going to be absolutely perfect. Yeah. Well, I say not absolutely perfect. I mean, not f for me, it wasn't perfect. But actually, when I stood back and looked at it, I thought, Do you know, somebody who is new to this field, it's pretty close to just out of the box go so that's that was, great yeah that's that good was, to hear. that was really yeah. good i mean i like yeah. to think it was helped by the quality of the input that i gave oh, indeed it, but it's all based on but it. <laughs> even so i didn't give it that much that's um, cool yeah you're you're right though it's an assistant isn't it it's a yeah. starting point it gets it's i think the wonderful thing about it is it gets you past that blank page and yeah. it gives you a few things to inspire you that you then build on and make something that's yours. Yeah, yeah. I tell you that's what, cool. I, I think because I, I then fed it back through to the person who's thinking of this podcast. I tell you a thing that really I thought that's really good because um, she's she's never done a podcast before. She knows about a podcast, mm -hmm. but she said, "Wow, it really makes me realize I could do this." Because there it was, all written out, her podcast, this is what it would look like. Oh, and and yeah. it, it really helped her, I think, over over a barrier. Now it, it looks like a real thing. Mm -hmm. It's all her stuff. 
that was there. It wasn't as though someone else had, had, had done it, but it was just the way it had arranged and organised and the way it had highlighted stuff. I mean, it, it even writes trailers. I mean, come on, really? It tells you where to put the music. <laughs> yeah, that's that was kind of... Uh, yeah, that was one of the one of the ideas of a guy on my team, Jacob, who um, has been kind of the main, most of the brains behind, nearly all the brains behind this. Mm. Um, and it was the idea that so many podcasts just die in the vine because people encounter a barrier at one point, and that's one of the biggest barriers we've found actually is that people come up with the ideas. Name can be a big one, so being mm. able to give people some ideas for names really good. Description as well. It's just a bit of writing that people don't really want to do. Um, but the script, interestingly, seems to be something that if you can get somebody to just record a thing that's relevant and get it out there public, then that's a real impetus to keep going. So, you know, you've got these people that have got such, they're so excited. They've got a plan, they've got an idea. Um, and they'll, put, they'll create it and they'll be like, right, I'm going to make this. And then they go away and then they never actually come back. Mm. But if you get them to record something right there and then, so the script obviously is a just that's they can just you can just read that out. Um, yep. It seems to be getting them over that barrier. So it's great. It's lovely to see people actually putting I them think, in action. That's, that's great advice. Is one of the things I say a lot of times with people is look, there are lots of questions that I use to to, you know, to sort of gather all the information we need um, to, to put the podcast together and, and all sorts of things we can think about. But actually, we need to get recording soon. Yeah. Just hit that button. And, and, yeah. Absolutely, like so many things, yeah. Don't wait until you think it's perfect, because guess what? The first time you do it, it won't be. Yeah. And the th second, third, fourth time it won't be, but it'll get better every time. And, and you'll only know perfect. that by doing it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, let's let's focus a little bit more on the on this idea then. So, the idea behind this season is, you know, I spend my time uh, promoting and supporting leaders in large organizations, mostly corporates, uh, in the use of, of podcasting or voice audio, as sometimes I, I call it to make it absolutely clear what I'm talking about, as a leadership communication tool. Um, and I'm, I'm obviously I'm a huge fan of it. It's what my business is about. But um, even though podcasting as a whole is taking off and continue, you know, it's, it's still booming, despite what Spotify says, um, but uh, but within the field of, of communications, leadership communications, it, it, it's not huge. And the reason it's not huge is because it's largely unknown. And in particular, I think because leaders just aren't aware of the, the, the particular benefits that it can, it can deliver. Now, you've, we've touched on some already, mm -hmm. uh, and they are very strong, uh, the accessibility stuff. Um, you know, I, I, one time I used to have a, a tagline which was uh, "anyone, anywhere, anytime," um, and, and that's you know, that's a really important part. The ease of use stuff, you know, the ease of creation, the cost of creation, um, which is implicit in the other things that you said about you know mm. you don't have to have a makeup artist and you don't have to have <laughs> uh, you know, super fancy equipment. The, yeah. I mean, the equipment costs keep coming down all the time. Uh, the latest Rode USB mic is just ridiculously cheap i can't believe how cheap it is and yet the quality is amazing I'm, I'm recommending that to everyone um so that's that's good um ease of editing because video it has its own particular challenges which yeah, audio yeah, doesn't for sure doesn't offer so those are all those are all great things 
But I think the thing that, that I find is probably missing and I need to try and I would like to very much try and emphasize in addition to all those those important things is the I, I've been trying to think of the right phrase for it, but it's the sort of communication potency of pure audio. And mm-hmm. you did talk about it. You touched on it earlier in our conversation when you talked about removing the video barrier. So can I ask you to sort of go down that a bit more? I mean, what yeah. is it about, do you think, that that the leader is going to get from communicating just with their voice, just with the audio. What does that offer, and and where is it something that we would we would particularly recommend they think about using it? Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's there's there's not a lot. Well, I've not seen a lot of science around this or anything, but there's something so engaging about being immersed in the media. So so often people will listen with headphones on. You'll have a pair of AirPods on. You might even have um, something noise cancelling or something. So you almost are in your own world. And it's just the voice is literally in your brain. Um, so there's something quite powerful about that in the first place. Then then you add in the lack of barriers. You know, again, removing that screen from between the two of you and not being distracted by the view. Um, there's, what is it, the age-old thing, like if people are much more affected by audio quality than video so you can watch a crappy video feed as long as it's got good audio mm-hmm. so people can kind of tune out the visuals so actually why not just get rid of them all together and because they're a distraction in many ways as well anyway people will just be thinking about oh why is he wearing that shirt <laughs> when you should be listening to your words so there's yep. there's the whole distraction and focus thing as well and then there's the, again the context of use as well the fact that you can be just doing a workout or something and you're kind of doing something rote so you're lifting a weight or you're on a bike cycling or whatever it is so your brain's like gagging for something to take its attention um away from the boring thing you're doing otherwise so it kind of latches onto it even more than i think it would otherwise there's something really potent about that i use that word it's that's a really good way to describe it actually um and, and it's the length of time as well, because you get all of that, but then you times it by attention. Because again, try and get somebody to watch like a 20 minute YouTube video, impossible. Get them to watch five minutes. The, the average attention spans on there are horrendous. They're like 30 seconds to a minute, something yep. in that region, maybe yep. even less. Um, but because of the context of listening, again, on the bike, walking the dock, driving a car, whatever it is, people are with you for half an hour or an hour. Um, and I'm not saying you need to record clips that long, especially in a kind of organizational management update, whatever it is setting, but they might listen to two or three of your updates at once and spend half an hour with your voice in their head. Mm-hmm. And that connects them to you. There's something really personal about that kind of attention, the engagement you get with the intimacy of the audio, plus the many, many, many minutes that they actually spend with you. There's a connection that builds there. So I've tried to put my finger on this over the years many times, but there's there's some kind of combination of all those things together, I think, that just makes it so powerful as a as a communication method. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the, the length there. I, mean, I know at one point, I, I, I remember you, you, in, your, in your, uh, your website, you talk about it being, you know, a long form mm. medium. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and that's certainly one thing that, that, that I think is is really valuable. It's, mm. I, I, you know, I went, I'll get asked, uh, by people who well, we want to make a podcast and they'll tell me what they want to do. And I frequently get asked, um, oh, we're doing a launch of a change program or something mm-hmm. new and we want, to, we want to do it by a podcast. And and 
it's not unknown for me to say, well, actually, I don't think that's the right idea. Not initially, not when you're just giving information. Because podcasting can do that, but is it really the best thing for you to do it? Uh, you may need some visuals with some of this stuff. You yeah, may, you may yeah. need some takeaways that people can print off, that kind of thing. But if you then want to go into it in a bit more detail, once people have absorbed the initial outline of what you're talking about, then you can yes. you can come to it. And at that yeah. point, you probably you, maybe you need to spend a bit longer mm-hmm. just explaining, you know, okay, well, we've decided to outsource everything to, to Poland. Mm-hmm why why poland how will it work what are the you know that yeah. much more questions that would would, would come on uh, and that's when yeah. i think being able to take a bit longer and as you say drawing upon that attention is uh, is really valuable yeah not not feeling rushed that's the thing isn't it you always feel rushed when you're creating video like you, you have to be grabbing attention every single second mm. um so that's one big part of it and something interesting you said there as well in that a podcast can really easily be, and it can very, it can be much more effective as a conversation like this. Yeah, actually. Yeah. So, again, you're you're explaining that we had to outsource to Poland. It's a really difficult situation. People want the information. They're actually really interested in it. But still, you probably they wouldn't listen to twenty minutes sitting down at the computer, staring at the screen, watching the screen. But if it's you talking to somebody else in the team. Um, explaining it, asking questions. They're asking the questions that the listener, the rest of the team out there are asking as well. That can be really powerful and it can be much more interesting to listen to as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, and again, uh, building building nicely to, to another point, you said listening to you. Uh, I mean, that, that's one thing that that uh, I think is, is really powerful is, is putting s- something of the, the leader themselves into the message. Mm. Yeah. You mean you're actually hearing from from them? Uh, I mean, is that something you find that when people podcast, you get not just the, the the you know the message, but you also get to understand and know the messenger a bit more? Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, the length of time again is a big factor in that. Just actually spending time with somebody, but it's also the fact that people feel a lot less intimidated recording audio generally, mm-hmm. so they're often a bit more themselves. You can forget about the mic a bit more. It can feel, again, it can feel just like a chat rather than something you're doing for the camera. So yeah, I think that works really well. People are just more op- more open, more honest, more transparent. Um, partly, beca- partly because of that lack of intimidation. And also, again, from the other side, partly the length, like the fact that um, people are listening to you for half an hour, so they are connecting with you, but you're speaking for half an hour. So often it takes people a while to warm up. You know, if it's a long form format, you can warm up, you can put a bit more of your personality in as you go. So, yeah, I think it works really nicely both ways in that sense. Yeah. And you're absolutely right about the performance thing. Um, Actually, I I see very few leadership uh, videos where I actually think I'm I'm really, really connecting with the the leader themselves that I think, okay, if I went to speak to her or him uh, in in the cafe, I'd get Mm -hmm. the same person. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, some people are natural performers, but they're very rare. They're very few and far between. Yes. Um, whereas, and it's one of the things I, I mean, you have to put a little bit of work into it, I think. But it's one of the things that I think, I think, uh, you know, I pride myself on in what we do is is when people listen to uh, leaders talking, um, it, it is the same as if you just bumped into them in the cafeteria or, or called around to see them. Mm. Um, and mm-hmm. you're, you're absolutely right. It is, it is the microphone... It's a little bit intimidating for some people to begin with, but it, but they get over it so much faster than yeah. they do 
video than a camera. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, it's and, funny, isn't it? People are just so. I suppose it's the way we're built a little bit. Maybe it's evolutionary, whatever. Like you know, finding a mate in the dim and distant past or something. But we worry much more about our appearance than our voice potentially. I'm not sure what yeah, it is. There's something yeah. around that visual aspect. As soon as you yeah. get rid of that, people's nerves just drop away. Yeah. yeah. That's true until they hear it back. And then <laughs> what is the commonest <laughs> feedback you get from people when they hear the episode? I hate the sound of my voice. Oh, yeah. I hate the sound of my voice. If Absolutely, I had a pound yes. for yeah. every time, well, I wouldn't need the business because it's, <laughs> everybody says it. Yeah, yeah, so. it's some, yeah, exactly. I would, I've never, I've never heard the science behind that either. Something about conduction around your bones and your head and stuff like that makes it sound different to you. But yeah, oh, that's exactly it. That is exactly <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. I know. I, I did. I did go in and read up about it a few years ago, and it is exactly yeah. that. In that, uh, when you hear someone's voice, someone else speaking to you, mm-hmm. the sound waves are being transmitted through the air. Mm-hmm. And when you hear your own voice, they're being transmitted through solid matter, mostly uh, a little bit of air, but it's yeah. mostly, and that just does change it. But it's yeah. that transmission through solid matter that yeah. apparently affects it. Uh, anyway, cool. whatever. I've, I've actually considered using, uh, yeah, you know, my, my production skills I've learned over the years to try and alter my own voice to sound like coming out of the speakers while I hear it in my head so that I can, mm. for exact, exact purpose. Like, this is what I think I sound like. Does mm. that, that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> yeah. But then the other thing is, it's like, well, okay, maybe it doesn't sound like you think you sound, but it, it doesn't sound bad. I mean, it sounds no. good. You know, <laughs> if your voice was truly horrible, this is what I said, said to one, one person who was getting really up. I said, look, mm-hmm. if your voice was truly horrible, do you not think that someone would have told you by now? Yeah. Yeah. Has anyone said to me, God, you've got a terrible voice? And she said, <laughs> well, no. And I said, yeah, well, there's a reason for that. And that's exactly. because you don't have, you have a perfectly fine voice. Yeah. Just yeah. that it's not what you expected. So. Yeah. It's anyway. Just, it's just kind of um, talking through the fact that everyone has a voice. Everyone has their own voice. And some Everyone will find people who love that voice. Um, and yeah, I've rarely, rarely come across a person who has a voice so bad for podcasting that they can't podcast i should say <laughs> no no i have oh but, really okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> once yeah yeah well and, and and funny thing about that was that was partly affectation on their part mm, really but then someone said oh well he does that when he when he um when he he does town halls as well so it's potentially train outable as well absolutely yeah. absolutely but it was, it was just, just one instance yeah yeah um <laughs> All right. I, I love examples. Mm-hmm. Um, have you got any examples that you would point people to of, of where you think the mediums use particularly well that, that leaders could listen to to get an idea of what it could do for them? I think so. This is where I often struggle in this area because so many of these, the ones that are done well are private often. Yeah. Like they're behind paywalls. They're behind, not paywalls, they're behind security walls because they're often sensitive information or yeah. it's like team yeah. only. But it'd be cool to talk through like ways that people do use them, mm-hmm. even if we can't sell okay. them. Okay, yeah, go for show that. Show some yeah. examples. I mean, I think I think one of the, there's a few classic ways, isn't there? And I'd love to hear your what you found as well, Paul, because I know you've got tons of experience here. So the ones that I think work really nicely though are you know, it's just simply a manager of a team, even like the bottom level of a company who does a little weekly 10 minute update for their team of eight to 10 direct reports. That kind of thing just actually works really nicely. You've got, say, a company of a thousand people and every one of the managers is just doing a 10 minute update that's appearing on the platform. Those eight to 10 direct reports, whatever it is, 
they can just hear from their manager um, a quick like update of here's what was going on this week, here's what went well last week, here's what we're planning for the coming week. That can be lovely um, and really bring people together. And then you've got the top level, which is the opposite. Like you've got the CEO who creates a you know a whole company update for the whole thousand people in the company that can work really nicely too. But then, so that's kind of moving downwards. But actually, the going upwards can be just as valuable, whereby you have employees who actually go out and start gathering information by themselves. And you empower people to say, go and have some conversations with your colleagues and share something that you learned this week. So um, you go out and you start sharing experience and it's kind of creating that company brain, you know, a place where people store that information that, you know, everyone's learning. So here's something I learned at a conference I was at last week, and it's actually useful to dozens of other people in the company. So you have one stream that the whole company can listen to and are interested in, and they're not only learning something, they're learning things that their colleagues have, um, have taken on board themselves, but they're getting to know other people around the company and it connects them all much more effectively. And I think that's where the power of audio comes in as well, because you could blog that, you could write it. People do that on the company intranet and folk are expected to read it, or maybe it's an email and you're expected to read it. But like we've said, Paul, already, like it's a totally different experience hearing five or 10 minutes of a colleague's voice actually explaining, talking through something that they found really interesting that they learned elsewhere in this past week. So mm-hmm. that's just a few there as well. Like, what, what else have you seen work really well? Uh, so all those, um, the 10-minute the, the update ones we tend not to get involved with because uh, there's no need. They're so easy mm. to make. I mean, yeah. I've, I've advised people on how to get going, but it's like, look, you don't need me. They're dead easy to record. Yeah, um, yeah. And once people have got the, ha- the hang of it, then then put those out. Um, a lot of stuff around change programs, uh, particularly in the way that I've alluded to. So not the initial presentation, um, but the, the sort of follow-up stuff, unpacking ideas, explaining why um, you're doing certain things, the thinking behind it, all that kind of stuff could be very mm-hmm. helpful. Uh, and and anyway, and also just you know, leader philosophy. So when leaders really want to get, you know, they maybe want to say what their vision is for an organisation, and they really want to get that that kind of thing over. Um, and in particular, one thing I, that I think all leaders can think about is is you know where where could this be a solution? One leader once said to me that um, he was trying to it was it was part of a change program as it happens but he said you know i really passionately believe in this it was it was a change in the way of working that they were they were introducing and he said i I, i'm so passionate about this and if i could sit on the corner of the desk of everybody that's going to be affected that needs to to you know buy into this i know i could explain it to them because that kind of exchange works whereas just slides and and powerpoints and and all that kind of stuff doesn't work and i said well i can put you on the corner of everyone's desk because you know we can recreate that conversation because it'll pretty much go the same way with everybody and then they can listen in it's like the eavesdropping on a conversation that they would like to have so that's a sort of general general Mm -hmm. uh point about it Mm -hmm. um so anything like that the other thing that uh um, I've done a lot of in recent years is something that I, I labeled wisdom capture. Mm-hmm. And this is this idea of capturing wisdom, experience, you know, nothing, there's no substitute for experience, as, as, as people say. And this is the the sort of knowledge and insight or the nous, if you like, the know-how of mm-hmm. senior experienced people 
the kind of stuff that it's hard to get on a slide. Doesn't it basically doesn't, doesn't transfer to a slide, but can be captured beautifully via stories. Mm. Um, okay. yeah. And so yeah, we do a lot of that stuff. But to your point about how you use it, that's not enough in itself. I mean, you could because I've done a lot of that. The, the project I did uh, last year, uh, we ended up recording uh, fifteen top experts, and each interview went on for over an hour. And we were asking them about how they dealt with a particular situation that the client wanted to look at. So that's out there. And the original idea they had was, well, we'll just record these people and then put it out there. And I said, well, you can do that, but um, people won't listen because it's basically here 15 hours to listen to. Not going to happen. So we looked at all sorts of different ways of breaking it up. And what we ended up doing was was we did um, a collation because uh, we picked four themes from from stuff that came from the interviews. And then I got four of the the, the the organizing committee to record a half hour episode with me where we picked highlights and pointed people. And those highlight episodes were only half an hour long mm-hmm. and they were okay. easy listen interview type things. Sounds better. <laughs> but then we went even beyond that in that, uh, and this was actually partially uh, driven by one of the, the, the clients themselves, is that the way they used it was they didn't just say, well, here it is, go listen to it. They then used these as uh, briefing materials for workshops. So they okay. said, right, yeah. we're, going, we're going to have a workshop on this. Go listen to this beforehand, and then we'll discuss it when when we, we get yeah, to the meeting like and yeah. chew it over and say, do we have any similar case studies and that stuff? And that that got terrific feedback because mm-hmm. it said it just, it just kick-started the conversation because people were already buzzing and thinking about what they heard, whether they agreed or not with it. Yeah, yeah. So that worked really well. And that's the kind of thing that you'd have struggled to get people to engage with if you'd sent them out like a 10-page document to read over before yep. they'd come yep. to, to the workshop. But something audio, yep. easier to consume, all that stuff, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And in fact, I've even taken it further still in that for one client, she said, okay, well, there's so much, I don't know what... Um, what we're going to necessarily cover people might want to go you know different ways and so what i did was i took this is a different different client i took clips which were representative of key points that she picked out of all the material and i created um, a clickable album if you like it was it was mm. actually a slide and it had a little photo of each person and then you it was a little title of what it was and you clicked on it and then you got like a 30 second extract from their interview Ah, for each person and and the idea was people would they'd been asked to listen to the whole thing beforehand anyway but they didn't have to and then so she then played that that came over and then she said okay let's then talk about that yeah and and that was nice because what she said was people didn't actually listen to the full thing beforehand it didn't matter though because the clips prompted a conversation but then they went away and they did listen after it yeah that's really cool and then after that that's the other thing and this is it goes back right to what we were talking about at the beginning when you were saying about it being evergreen. You got revisits because people would do this. Some of this stuff, you know, the the one I did last year, the situations that we were talking about, these are situations that most people in this particular field will come across at some point, but not every week. And so they they could listen to it. It might be useful, but they're probably going to forget the detail. And then their project gets into a situation where 
oh, we've got this, you know, we've got a meeting with the regulatory authorities or <laughs> we've got this really nasty question or this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So then they can go back and there it is. Yeah, yeah. So again, looking at, at their, record. their users, their user figures, you know, yeah. it's, it's not a big spike. It's it's it's, it's long term. There's there's a couple of things that jumps out at me there. Actually, one another example is actually just simply repurposing. You know, like meetings and calls. There's so much of that going on these days. Like you've got a half mm. hour, an hour long meeting, and they'll get the transcript from Google Meet or whatever, and that'll be published on the internet or somewhere theoretically so that other people can consume it and catch up but no one ever does because you don't no, read an hour no, long thing no. but if it was uh, you know a half hour recording from a meeting that somebody was motivated to catch up on actually that's another good way to use your half hour commute is to catch up by listening to that audio yeah. it's another way to fit it in absolutely um, so that can yeah. be nice yeah but the other one as well like you're talking about those those little intros something a really interesting use of it actually i saw once was for staff onboarding actually right so you've got somebody joins the company uh they've got all the standard onboarding materials but they've also got a 10 15 20 episode series to listen to via podcast that is actually little interviews with other people around the company saying mm -hmm. here's this person and this is what they do and they give a little intro to their team as well and so the person is learning about the people, their colleagues, they're learning about the teams, they're learning about a bit about the culture of the company, the goals of the company, all that kind of stuff, because that kind of comes out in these little interviews too. So those little clips, introductions, interviews work so nicely for getting people on board and into the culture of a company really quickly. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they, that's, that's, uh, that's a really good point. And in fact, you reminded me there that, that going even before then, um, you can even use it for recruitment. It's a few mm, years ago now, yeah. and I don't know if they followed it up, but Philips, the electronics company, yep. um, they were embarked on a campaign where they were trying to uh, recruit people with a, a, a more diverse, um, innovative, creative outlook on the world. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and not just people who were, who were experts in electronics, but a whole range of different things. And so they... And they'd already got some people from a, just a huge number of range of disciplines, things that you wouldn't necessarily think Philips would mm. would necessarily be interested in. And but then they did podcasts talking to the people that they'd already got in and asking them about what their field was and 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 how they had found their ability to contribute to the Philips way. And it was all part of this campaign of join us we need your brain not just your your technical knowledge yeah, really um, and that was that was nice and again you got so much more by hearing the person themselves because i think what they got which i'm sure must have worked was you would have got people listening to that saying i'm like that hmm. maybe yeah. i should apply yeah for sure yeah anything that yeah, anything that shows the people, the people honestly, transparently, like relaxedly, again, without having a camera in their face. It's just so good for communicating who these people are, what their values are, what their culture's like. Yeah, what's behind the company? What's behind that brand, that logo? Yeah, okay. it's great stuff. Well, uh, we're running out of time, so I don't want to <laughs> keep you too much longer, sir. Uh, two things. I mean, one, uh, can I ask you... Uh, you know, if you met somebody, it, it, the elevator pitch thing, you met a leader mm -hmm. and they said, oh, I was thinking of trying podcasting, Colin. What do you think? What would your, your sort of pithy uh, call to action be? So for internal podcasting in particular, you're thinking? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it would be something around, there's no better communication method to connect 
with your staff as a manager um, to show the person that their manager is and to build connection between staff members as well through either training interviews or you know just general communications brilliant brilliant thank you that's a nice summary and then the last question mm -hmm. which is the stinker well, apparently most people <laughs> said it's the stinker but i did warn you about it so um I mean, we talk about the power of audio and so forth. Yeah. And, and one thing I've, I've found useful is, can you name an episode, a particular podcast? And it doesn't, I'm not talking about a leadership one. It could be from anything, any field yeah. at all. Yeah. But it's a particular episode that you remember had a, a real impact on you. So I'm not asking you for your favorite, yeah. but it's one where the, just the, the, the audio podcast really, wow, yeah. impacted you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, actually, one of the shows that has the biggest impact on me is one that potentially shouldn't because it's actually by um, somebody who I've got to know very well. I didn't know him when I first uh, started listening to the show, but it's a guy called um, Craig Hewitt who uh, runs another podcasting company as well. But he talks about his journey in uh, running that company it's a very similar company size um ethos all that kind of stuff and he's just quite a similar founder to me too and over the years that i listened to his show it's called rogue startups um there's been many episodes uh, and i could send you a couple of links for some good ones in particular Please, but there's yeah. been many episodes where he has just shared something quite openly and honestly which actually i'm like oh this feels so good to hear because it's a struggle a problem that I have had, I am struggling with, or I've had in the past. And it's just so good to hear somebody being open and honest. It's, the power of it is that he is just completely honest about all of the negatives, all of the horrible emotions that come along with running a company or um, doing the work that we do. And so it's kind of, it's just so refreshing and open and transparent that I just connect with it so deeply. And I've met him at a few conferences since, and we've become quite good friends since then. So, but I still listen. It's funny. You listen to a pal in your ears now. And, um, and probably if I was to pick one particular episode, it would be around, it's just, um, around growing a team actually, like it did one episode around actually growing, uh, his own team. It's not massive yet, but it's like the, the, the painful parts of kind of taking people on and making sure that they're the right person for the role, they're the right culture for the company. And when that goes wrong, like dealing with having to let people go, that kind of stuff, there's like such painful things in there, but with potential wonderful outcomes, like when you find a great person for your team that just like does the job in a brilliant way and all that kind of stuff yeah, it's yeah. just so it's like one of those things that can be really up and down and it was so great to hear his kind of honest open thoughts on that process right, so yeah, that helped right. me a lot that had a big impact on me that's terrific well, i should certainly go and go and, uh, and, and look him up and listen, listen yeah. to that one and, and actually awesome. that's a, this is a superb example because it actually encompasses what you're talking about i mean it's it's the human connection mm -hmm. But but with with information as well. I mean, it's, it's, it would be informative. There'll be stuff in there that practical stuff yes. people could take away. Oh, so many but, tactics. Yeah, there's like the, the kind of overall stuff he's thinking about. But they talk about um, yeah, like lots of actionable little things that I can you can put into action too. Yeah. So it's great. But also that. for you, uh, if this is the right word, a bit therapeutic. Hmm. Yes, indeed. Yeah. It's, it's like, wow, <laughs> someone else feels like Mis that. misery great. loves company and all that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's our dour northernness coming that's out. Been, that's been too negative. There's so many, so many ups as well, so many positives. But yeah, there's definitely a, there's definitely a few um, downswings along the way. <laughs> right. 
Brilliant. Okay, <laughs> Colin, thank you so much. Uh, so I'll put all the, the appropriate links and so forth in the show notes for, for people. Um, it's been great talking. Um, I really enjoyed it when we met at the podcast show and I'm, 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 yeah, same. I'm, Absolutely. I knew that we'd, we'd have a good chat now. So thank you very much. And I will leave by saying, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, definitely go and have a look at the podcast host because everything you need is there <laughs> to advise you on how to do it. That's much appreciated. Thanks for having me on. Big thank you to Colin for a really enjoyable conversation. So, inspired to give podcasting a try I mean, if nothing else if you're in the slightest bit interested do go take a look at the podcast host website there really is a wealth of great material to help would-be podcasters and of course there's talking leaders if you want to get heard be understood and build trust let's talk goodbye <laughs> <laughs>